This is Denny Carruth with Chats from the Bridge, where we take every life area to the bridge for chats. So you have the tools and information you need for your best lifestyle. You can find me at DennyCarruth.com. That's D-E-N-I-C-A-R-R-U-T-H, DennyCarruth.com, for the latest gifts that I have to help you. And you can also schedule a complimentary Bridge to Breakthrough chat to find out and identify, well, let's just say your next best steps forward. You can do that through a cute little bit.ly link. If you're familiar with bit.ly, it's bit.ly forward slash bridge to breakthrough. Bridge, the number two, breakthrough. So you can schedule your own complimentary bridge to breakthrough chat at bit.ly forward slash bridge number two, Breakthrough. Now today's episode, oh my gosh, is in the life area of career and business. Okay? And we're going to explore why business is personal and so much more. You're going to love this show. Because so many times when people do business, they don't bring who they are into it. And I'm a huge fan, a huge fan. And I coach around things like identity and values and uh, character, strength, discovering, acknowledging, and bringing who you are into whatever you do. So your lifestyle is one that you love because that is so important. That's the best way you're going to live it, right? So for today's chat, I want to welcome my friend and guest, Rachel Burr. Rachel is the practical sage, and she is here today to cross that bridge with us. And I'm super excited about the way Rachel looks at things. Oh, my gosh. Rachel stands out, okay? And yet, she fits in. She has a voice and a great laugh that I love, and yet, Rachel knows how to listen, and she listens so well. The other thing I love about Rachel is that she has her thoughts. Some of them are quirky, I'm just saying, but I love them. I love Rachel's thoughts. The way she views things is amazing, and yet she knows how to help you find and express your own. So before we dive into things today, I want to welcome Rachel to have this chat from the bridge with us today. Welcome, Rachel. Oh, thank you, Denny. <laughs> so, so fun. All right. So before we dive into things, tell us a little, a little bit about you. Who is Rachel Burr? Who is the practical sage? Who are we talking with today? Wow. Well, thank you for, first of all, having me on your show. It is such an honor. I'm a huge fan. And who is Rachel Burr? Wow. Yes. So let's see. So many different layers. I mean, for all of us, really. For me, uh, in, in terms of right, the practical stage, I'm an executive coach and I'm a leadership development consultant primarily in terms of my role. And what that means essentially for folks out there is I work with leaders. I help them take their leadership to the next level, or I help them work with people on their team or their teams as a whole to really help step up their performance and really step into their potential. Mm -hmm. And I love that work. I love helping people step into their potential, Um, whether they're, again, looking at themselves as an individual or as a group professional whatever they might be looking to achieve. There's so much potential for all of us that just sits there untapped because we just sometimes don't know how to access it. And I love helping people dig that out and really step into the light. That is so cool. I love that. I love it. I love it. I also love that you work with both individuals and organizations because I know sometimes, you know, you can work with the individual, but if you don't know what's going on in their organization, that's hard. Or if you work with the organization and you're not able to dig deep with an individual, that can be hard. So you've chosen to do both, right? Absolutely. For me, 
we all belong to different groups or even when you think of it as kind of a system and we're part of a larger whole. It could be in our work, it could be in our family, it can be in our community, et cetera. Even when we think of ourselves as individuals, and especially in the US, we are very individualistic and there's a lot of great things about that. And we need to be able to look at how we connect into our larger systems. And when it comes to work, a lot of that is in how we connect to our immediate team, how we connect into maybe a function or a group, and how we connect into the overall organization as a whole. All sorts of dynamics and how we communicate, how we work together. It's so complex, but I love it. It's this great big puzzle and learning how to put those puzzle pieces together and how to show up as your best self in that system is really one of a, it's a huge key to success. Wow, that's super powerful and so true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've heard you say that business is personal to you. But I really didn't get a true sense of how deep or how broad that was until we talked more. So I was just wondering, as a special favor, since this is what the show is about today, could you talk a little bit more about that, business being personal to you? Yeah, it's so funny. I don't know if you ever remember the movie You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and yeah. Meg Ryan. Love and it. one of the lines is, yeah, he says, oh, well, it's not personal. It's just business. And she makes a point that it is personal. It, you know, it, it should be personal. And I mm. think that's one of the challenges. And I see that with leaders, especially who come to me. It's like they want to be able to leave themselves at the door, compartmentalize everything off, and just be this kind of, you know, I don't know, a very discreet kind of being at work where nothing from outside their life phases them. Um, and it's just about what's happening at the office. Mm, and yeah. one of the first things I tell people is I just dispel that myth. That's just not the way we work. As human beings, we are whole. We are, we are these spherical creatures that we have aspects of our life that are family. We have aspects of our life that are uh, friends, financial, faith, all of these different pieces. Right. And we can pretend like, yeah, we can pretend like we leave those at the door, but we're doing ourselves and we're doing our team a disservice because understanding who we are at our core, our, I always like to talk about our core fundamental building blocks, being mm. our values, our strengths, our interests, really understanding our core and how that shows up in the different areas of our life and understanding who we are then as a whole person that is extremely powerful. And if we don't tap into that, whether in our families, at work, in any area of our life, we are leaving so much potential on the table. Oh, my gosh. Well, I am, you know me, I am totally in agreement with what you're saying. And to, to bust that myth, you know, I'm, I can't tell you how many jobs I've had or clients that I've had that have expressed to me the type of job that they have where they say, you know, leave your personal life at home. And I think people misunderstand that. Yeah, you got to leave your mm. personal life at home, but you can't leave you as a person at home. You've got to bring you to the table always. So when you say, mm. you know, those core building blocks, you know, when mm. people know what that is or who they are on those levels, that's when they struggle. But I love how you how you brought uh, <laughs> you've got mail. I love that movie. Into <laughs> I remember that conversation and the expression on her face when she like corrected him. You know, it is personal. It really is. Well, if I can add to that, I think one of the way work gets done. And we talk, it's so funny. And especially I notice I've worked globally. I've worked across all different kinds of cultures. And one of the funniest things I think about in the U.S. and my husband's French, of course, so, you know, multicultural, even in the family. Oh yeah. As American, as Americans, we think we're very relationship oriented, <laughs> but when you look at the global context, we are so not, um, we, we, and, and part of that, challenges because we think we're relationship oriented we really miss how building relationships can positively impact work because we really tend to show up as a culture and i'm making broad generalizations obviously very okay. different individuals but as a culture we tend to show up and we focus on the work and the work and what needs to get done 
And we think that that's the most efficient way to do things. And what I say is that when we connect as human beings and we find common ground and we build the relationship with the people, that is so much of the oil that keeps the wheels moving. It's not as, it's not as tangible, right, as the goals or the ROIs or whatever, the objectives, however you want to phrase it. But yeah. when you connect as people and you have that common ground, it so facilitates how we work together. And it not only makes it easier to work together, more efficient, but it just makes the whole experience more enjoyable. Wow. I'm glad you added that piece because it really – kind of shed the light on a different area. To that, I'd like to kind of segue a little bit, you know, in order to understand the psychology piece of all mm. of this, I know you received a master's in psychology. So where did you do that, and why was that important to you at that time? Are there any details you'd like to share about that? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny, even when a lot of us go to school for one thing, and we don't necessarily do exactly what that path led us to do in terms of a career, we think, oh, I, you know, I would have done something else. But so much of that goes into those building blocks and our experiences early on, especially with education, and whether it's formal education or learning as we go, you know, building the bridge as we walk on it, given that we're talking about bridges today. I, I, psychology was such a fundamental piece for me. And it's funny, it was kind of the family business. I'm air quotes here. My father was a therapist. He was the head of a mental health center. I went to college, took my first undergrad psychology class, fell in love with the idea of how we work as human beings and sometimes how things don't work. And I got sucked in and I, I still talk to my first psychology professor periodically and I'm like you realize that that whole path was all your fault you, you just you made it so exciting um, and I think I went into it originally I, I really have a strong desire to help people um, step into their full potential and really be themselves and so I was really looking at how the human mind works I love the idea of, I love it from the biological perspective, just from the dynamic perspective, from how you interact with each other, communication, all of that. And I was attracted to psychology originally because I wanted to better understand that and I wanted to help people step into that potential by helping yeah. them understand themselves. I always say, and I, you know this, I talk with analogies a lot because it just, for me, <laughs> it makes it so much more powerful. But it's like a car and an owner's manual. We have this really powerful piece of equipment between our ears, but most of us don't have the owner's manual. We don't know how to optimize the operation of it, and I want to help people do that. That is so awesome. That's so awesome. You know, I'm glad you, you brought up that uh, piece about, you know, why people go to college or mm -hmm. their intentions initially anyway. And, you know, people think they have to have a blueprint, and they think that having a blueprint for everything is the way to go. So why do you think people believe that? You know, I think part of it is we have this kind of very structured experience in our educational system. And don't get me wrong, I spent a lot of years in education between my undergraduate, my two master's degrees, et cetera, and I have tons of friends who are teachers, huge respect for educators, and especially right now during COVID, I think hopefully most people are having even more respect for educators and what it takes uh, as they're having to homeschool a lot of their kids in this process. But I think there's this idea that there's this structured path, and all you have to do is follow that path. And so you do what you need to do to get where you need to go. And I understand there needs to be structure for kids to some degree, and, you know, I'm not an expert in that in that area. But the reality for me is after getting out of that structure, I didn't really know how to build my own structure. And the world is completely unstructured. And I think for me, what I've found and what I tell my clients is, especially when they get stuck, it's like, again, analogies. It's like we're living in a house and we want to move into a different house. Well, here's the deal. We are the architects of our own life, either by design or by default. 
And the right. problem becomes we get stuck with that blueprint. We want to build something new, but we take that same blueprint and we try to build something new with the same blueprint. Oh, yeah. And what I say is instead take that house and really think of that house and deconstruct it down to, say, the bricks and mortar, or what I like to call those fundamental building blocks we talked about, your values, your strengths, and your interests. And once you get away from the structure and that blueprint and you get it down to those building blocks, it frees you up to say, well, what could I build with these? Because with the same building blocks, like I always say, same bricks and mortar, you could build a different house, you could build a bridge. You could build a whole castle, right? You could build a castle. Now, you're, like, you're going to need more tools and equipment to build the castle, and that's fine, but it, it frees you up. And so what I say is then you can look for the new blueprint to create what you want, but you're still focused on those fundamental building blocks. So I think it goes back to people are always looking for some structure to fit themselves into outside themselves, and what I say is, Come back down to your building blocks, and from that, build the structure that you want to create. That is so powerful. But, I, you know, I can see, um, I, I don't know if it's fear or whatever, like in the background. You know, it, it's comfortable. It's mm. easy to have a, a blueprint. And speaking of analogies, you know, my husband and I right now are, are flipping houses, and this current house mm. that we're working on, um, the general contractor who we've never worked with before, he's someone new that we found, he forgot <laughs> that we had to have a blueprint <laughs> drawn up for, the, for what was going on. And just, you know, little things here and there. But he made a comment to my husband the other day that there wasn't any creativity in doing this house with us. And we're like, you can be creative, but we have to have a blueprint, but it doesn't mean that we can't be creative in the process. So I think there's this fear that, you know, people think if, if I have a blueprint, I've got all the answers. I know exactly what to do. I don't have mm. to, you know, create anything different. But then the other side of that is, well, if I have a blueprint, I can't be creative. And neither one of those mm. statements is true. And what I hear you saying is, yeah, you can have a blueprint, but if you want to do something new and different, you can't use the same old blueprint. So for this house that we're mm -hmm. flipping, it's, I mean, if we went back to the original blueprint, we would have to build the same house. Mm -hmm. If we're going to anything, mm -hmm. we've got to redo make modifications to tweak, step out of the comfort zone of the old blueprint. So I love that, mm -hmm. that you're, you know, it needs to go down to the core building blocks before you can start a new foundation and, and start building again. That's super, super powerful, Rachel. I love that. And I love what you just said, too, Denny, because I want to build on that a little bit. Well, building is kind of a theme for us today, isn't it? Right, exactly. <laughs> but, I, and I see this whether we're talking about individuals or whether we're talking about leaders in a company, that they, they worry a little bit, like they want to set this vision for themselves. But when they come down to putting the strategy in place or the how to get from where you are today to where you're going, things start to get a little vague. And to your point, they resist sometimes that structure because they don't want to feel trapped into it. And what I say to a lot of them is, especially as a leaner where you need to actually communicate to other people and get them aligned. And by the way, that happens in your own family too. If you, for example, are even just a couple, the two of you need to be aligned. So you need to have some kind of way to say, okay, yes, this is how we're going to get from point A to point B. But I'll talk with leaders and I say, again, analogy. It's like when you set a vision, they worry about, well, what if this strategy isn't perfect? Well, I'm going to dispel you of that concern or whatever, because it's not going to be. But what happens is when you first set a vision, it's kind of like looking at a building that's very far in the distance. You can kind of see the outline. You can kind of see, you know, about what direction to go. And you can kind of see maybe some bigger details of it, but you don't necessarily have a clear picture. So you put your strategy in place that sets you on that path going that direction. 
And as you get closer, you will see more of the details of the building. You'll see the architectural design. You'll see the specifics. You'll see how tall it is, how wide it is. And you'll also adjust your course as you go, getting closer and seeing, okay, I'm a little bit off. I need my compass to, to get me to this you know, point, and this building is over there. And you keep following that path. But to ignore the idea that you need some kind of plan, that's just kind of burying your head in the sand. And mm -hmm. by the way, that's a myth. Ostriches don't actually do that. Only people do. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I don't know. I could feel it. <laughs> oh, was I kidding, listeners, when I said Rachel has a great laugh? Rachel has a great laugh. <laughs> Awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that is a myth. They don't put their heads in the sand. Okay, so no. so now I know that you work with individuals and organizations and we kind of talked about that a, a little bit um, earlier. But for organizations, one of the things I saw on your website, I took a peek. You say activate the potential of your people. So mm. I mean that's a powerful thing. Activate the potential of your people. If that's something that an organization wants, how do you suggest they go about it? Oh, there are so many ways. One of the things I love, actually, is coming in and working with leaders, and they're struggling. And the first thing I really do is I'll do, say, an assessment with the team or help them really understand what's going on. Because the reality is what one team is struggling with could be very different than what another team is struggling with. So I don't want to go in making assumptions. I know the core pieces of things that tend to happen, but what really happens is to go in and kind of tailor the approach based on that particular leader, that particular team, or that particular organization. And then really break it down into what are the strengths that they have as a team? What are, say, the weaknesses or the gaps? And it's really funny because I've had this conversation. I had a VP of HR tell me one time, because I used the term opportunities. And he said, oh, that's just a nice way of saying weaknesses. <laughs> and I said, oh. like strengths and opportunities, strengths and weaknesses. And I said, no, I really see it differently. Here's how I see it. There are always going to be gaps. And you know me, I focus on growth. And if you're trying to grow somewhere, that by definition means you haven't reached that place yet. And when you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, and your opportunities, for me, the difference is when you look at that gap, if the gap is, okay, with a little bit of education, experience, whatever, just roll up my sleeves, kind of get to work, uh, know-how, then that's an opportunity. And it's something I want. You know, that's an opportunity. If, however, it's a weakness that none of those things are really going to help me, then that's something to be mitigated or especially as a leader, you hire to that. And so the example I give, um, and again, analogies, is <laughs> like if, I, if tomorrow I wanted to learn to be a photographer, I could buy a camera, I could take classes, I could go out and practice, I could learn from other experienced photographers, I could get better. I may, you know, I may, I may never be Ansel Adams, obviously, or something you know, <laughs> like that, but I will get better. That's an opportunity. And especially if I want to be a photographer, that's an opportunity. If, on the other hand, I decide tomorrow I want to be uh, starting forward on the women's NBA basketball team, well, given that I'm over 40 and I jump about maybe three inches off the ground, <laughs> that is a weakness, and I don't think it's something I'm going to overcome. So that's when you go back and you say, okay, back to my fundamental building blocks, what is it that even would say I want to be a starting forward on the, the women's NBA basketball team? And how instead might I build something in line with those fundamental building blocks that doesn't have some pretty stark weaknesses that really I'm not going to overcome in order to achieve that goal. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so then in order for them to activate the potential of their people, mm. what would you say, uh, how can I put this, 
what would be a common, not normal, but what would be a common biggest mistake that these organizations make in trying, trying to go about doing this? Where are they falling short? You know, I think, well, yeah, there's so many things. I think one of the first things that comes to mind is actually, we, it's the same thing we do with ourselves, actually, is that we think we set a goal and we, you know, we clearly communicate, okay, we're heading this direction, great, and that everybody will just kind of fall in line. We haven't taken the time to really understand individually for the people on our team, what are their strengths? Where, what are their contributions to this goal? I, I just had something recently where I saw a quote that talked about with talent and, and how, who's going to come along with us in this growth process as an organization. And, and I want to rephrase that to not who's going to come along with us, but who's going to help us get there. Because if you don't clearly understand your people and they don't understand themselves, and how they're going to get there, you don't understand motivations, you don't understand, again, that, that owner's manual, essentially, not that we, we own our employees, but, but the <laughs> idea of how do you understand how you're going to bring people along. Talent is such an incredibly important piece of it, and a lot of times it's an afterthought. When I say talent, I, we all have talents, it's kind of the word they use for people, and maybe we should just use the word people, but it's the talents of the people that's actually right. going to help you achieve the goals of the organization. And you can have a great strategy, you can have a great vision, but if you don't have the people, if you don't have the talents you need, the skills, the motivations, the alignment, all of those pieces in order to get there, then you know what, that's just, that's just a number, uh, it's a number on a PowerPoint chart, it's maybe a nice phrase, but a lot of times they paint on a wall, et cetera, but there's nothing there's no soul to it. Nobody's going to live those values. They're not going to live that vision. You have to understand your people and your people have to understand themselves. Man, you know, I'm so, I'm so visual and, you know, I'm thinking about the bridge and literally those mm -hmm. people, their, their talents um, become, can become the planks in the bridge that gets the company or the organization from wherever they are to where they want to go. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, each person, you know, like you said, it's not just who's going with you, but who's going to get you there. Your people are yeah. going to get you there. The, the people drive Absolutely. you. So each talent, each value, each gift that they bring to the table becomes a plank on the bridge, and they can literally build that bridge as they go. And... Mm -hmm. Having someone to partner with them, having someone to guide them, having someone to go with them in the building process can be critical to their success, right? Absolutely. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's this, again, going back to this system where there's this kind of reciprocal relationship, one piece feeds into the next. Um, we feed each other in this process that, you know, great vision, great strategy, and then connecting with the people and the people and their feedback in this process helps move from where we are today back to that analogy of the big building in the future. It helps continue to move us forward, move us closer, and adjust as we go. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, we're going to take a break here in, in just a few minutes because we've got so much more to talk about. But I wanted to bring it back to um, the business being personal. You know, thinking again about the people, the talents being the planks and the bridge that get them over, you know, encouraging people to allow themselves and encouraging the organizations to allow their people, their team, to bring all of who they are, to be that plank, to build that bridge, to take them to where they're going to go. It's going to get them there so much more efficiently probably faster, although faster is not always better, but definitely a lot stronger, you know? Mm -hmm. Those clients, if they show up um, with, their, with, with their talents, but they also bring who they are, oh, my gosh, I'm just thinking the thickness or the, the, uh, the structure of 
the material of the plank of that person just becomes so much more valuable, so much more high level. I agree. And I might even go... I might even go because I and I because I love the bridge analogy and I'm I also say it's not even just the person as the plank but it's the person who's laying their own plank, so they're again they're part yeah. of the building crew right and they're the one their plank is a is a critical part of that bridge, mm-hmm. and it's not just the plank and one of the things especially as we and again I know I'm going broad but it is personal but especially with these larger complex what we call matrix organizations and there's a reason they're they're so large is because they're global but the reality is you as a leader like the CEO for example does not have visibility cannot have visibility down at the very like tiny ground level of what an individual is doing and the best way you can ensure success is to ensure that everybody is empowered at the level they're at based on the information they have the role they have to come together and own that piece of what they're doing as part of the whole I think a lot of times people still struggle and I'll have folks say oh well it's not my job to tell, you know, the boss or tell yeah. the manager this and this and this. Absolutely, it's your job. They can't see that. They can't have that visibility. We have to be able to own that piece and step in. And part of it from a leadership perspective is you create the container, you create the space and the experience for the people on your team to be willing and wanting to do that. Because if they feel like they're just a cog in the machine, they're going to act like a cog in the machine. If they feel like they're part of the architectural and building crew, they will act like part of that crew. And there's so much more to say about it, but that's where we are individuals, we're people, and together when we bring our full selves, we are stronger. Wow. Well, I'm just so sad that there's no passion in your you – know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's just terrible. <laughs> if you see me, I'm just like, yes, yes. <laughs> Rachel rocks, my friends. Rachel rocks. Okay, so before we take a break, I've got two fun questions for you. And then just okay. so our knows, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back because we're going to bring it back to the bridge. And this is going to be so powerful and you're going to hear some personal stuff from Rachel. So you don't want to take a break and not come back. So you got to come back. But before we take a break, I would love to know what's your favorite place to go to or for blank. And I'll let you fill that in. What's your favorite place to go to or for blank? And then answer the question. <laughs> my favorite place to go to or for blank. I think my favorite place to go, pretty much period, is there is a house, a family house. My husband, like I said, is French. And there's a family house in the French countryside hmm. that we go to in the summers. And the whole family comes together and gathers there. And at the back of the house, there's this little patio that overlooks this beautiful rolling like hills feel. Just imagine French countryside, a few little cows, chickens, everything. (laughs) And I sit outside there on the table with my cup of coffee. And it's just this amazing calm. And that's what I go to do. I go to relax I go to decompress. I go to reconnect with myself. And as a result, it is probably my favorite place in the whole world. I love that. Two things. You said calm, and then you said be yourself. I love Mm -hmm. that. Okay, so last one. What Mm. food do you wish did not exist. Which food do I wish did not exist? Can I ask a clarifying question? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Why would I wish the food did not exist? (laughs) Well, there you go. That's the answer. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I can't think of anything that I wouldn't wish would not exist. <laughs> okay. Well, see, now we know, people. Now we know. <laughs> Rachel, well, and I, yeah, and I will say, too, I am probably, it, the only thing I would say is anything I would cook, maybe, because I am so fortunate. My husband is a wonderful cook. He has a passion for cooking. Of course, like I said, he's French. So, you know, lots of cream, lots of butter. We would be much thinner if I were the one cooking, but we're not, and I love it. <laughs> That's probably why there is no food that you wish didn't exist. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, we are going to take a break. We will come back. I invite you all back because we are going to take it all back to the bridge. Welcome back. As a reminder, today's focus has been on the life area of career and business. And my chat's guest today is Rachel Burr, the Practical Sage. A little bit more about Rachel is that she's a coach, she's a consultant, a life enthusiast, let me tell you. She's a believer in the potential, and I love that. And not just herself, but other people. And by her own words, she is the undisputed head of the Self-Entertainment Committee. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's Rachel. But most importantly, I'd love to say that Rachel is my friend. So let's welcome back Rachel Burr. And just before the break, Rachel, you shared some fun things about yourself. And I always love doing that, just to kind of break things up. But as promised, yep, we're going to the bridge. So before we do that, I just want to talk a little bit about the bridge. A bridge can be something that we face. You know, we're facing this thing Usually it's a challenge, and it can be something that we cross. It literally gets us from here to there. You know, in real life, that's what happens. But also, sometimes in life, we don't even know where there is until we've arrived. You know, we can look back and go, okay, that was a bridge. So the bridge in that case can be the challenge, the challenge that we're trying to cross. And that sometimes seems negative, but it's reality. Sometimes the bridge is in the crossing itself and what that looks like. What I love about that is that it can allow us to um, pause, to just pause and rest, take a break, <laughs> take a breath. We can reflect on how far we've come and express gratitude. That's like my favorite but sometimes it's a time and space to just process things and plan the next step. It's truly, I mean, for me, truly a time and space to keep moving. Keep moving. And one thing we can do every time with a bridge is gain a new perspective. I like to say, see the forest and the trees. You know, it's like, why does it have to be one or the other? <laughs> <laughs> so when the bridge is a challenge, I think that's even more important to see everything. Another thing I love about bridges um, is that they can show up like as a person <laughs> that literally gets us over. You know what I mean? Like, and as coaches, that's kind of what we do. But I really like to look at myself as a bridge sometimes. I've had many people be a bridge in my life. And like I said, I believe I can be a bridge for others as well. So having that analogy of what a bridge can represent, what about you, Rachel? I mean, like if you could name or share an important bridge, so to speak, that either you had to face or that was instrumental in your life development, 
What could you share with us today? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, there's probably, to your point, a number of bridges, opportunities, shifts along the way, but one of the biggest, one of the earliest, and I think for me one of the most formative, came when I was in a PhD program in clinical psychology. And this is probably a much, much longer story, but I I will condense it down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was about three years in to this program. I'd worked really hard to get in, worked really hard to, you know, get this far. And I was miserable. I mean, miserable. Mm. And I love psychology. That's, yeah, that's something you need to know. I love psychology. I love the way the human brain works. I even love understanding how when our brain doesn't work. (laughs) What I realized, though, is that, yeah, right? But what I realized, I didn't want to do anything the degree was really preparing me to do. Up until then, I just really focused on the learning, which I loved. But I didn't really want to be a researcher, and I I didn't really want to be a clinician. I didn't want to be a professor. (laughs) So I, I was kind of just stuck. Now, some people, you know, would say, well, why didn't you just leave? (laughs) <laughs> and if it had been that easy, I probably would have. <laughs> but something you should know is, and I think this is maybe true for a lot of us, is that my whole identity was wrapped up in being a psychologist. It was the only thing I'd ever really wanted to do. And, and second, something you should know about me, I was a very different person then than I am now. Mm-hmm. And at that point in my life, I made, I'm admitting this, a little vulnerable moment, but I made most of my decisions out of fear and the desire to avoid failure. Now, I believe really that there are two key reasons why we make decisions in life. Either one, we're moving towards something we want, or two, we're avoiding something we don't want or something that we're afraid of. Yeah. And those decisions take us to two very different places. Now, I'm, you know, if the thing you're afraid of is a bear running at you in the woods, then yes, by all means, run. <laughs> Please um, run. <laughs> Please run. But if not, my experience is that when we make decisions out of fear, what tends to happen is it, it keeps us small. And it keeps us smaller and smaller. So for me, the idea of quitting, first of all, it meant failing. No, I wasn't willing to fail. Second, I didn't actually think I could do anything else. And I know this sounds, it's ridiculous when you say it out loud, but it's because getting a PhD is actually a really hard thing to do. Oh, my gosh. But that was the pretzel that was my brain at the time. I love to think of it that way, just the turning your brain into a pretzel. It's like the only thing I could do was get a Ph.D. in psychology. Seriously, ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> You say that now. <laughs> I say that now. At the time, it made perfect sense. Very rational, right? Yeah. So there was no getting off this path. This was mm-hmm. my life, and I had to make it work. So about that time, that's when my boyfriend called. And he said, guess what? My family wants to go scuba diving in Bonaire, and they want us to come with them. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Bonaire is part of the Netherlands Antilles. It, it is a little island off the coast of Venezuela. This was so far, I couldn't even see my comfort zone from Bonaire. (laughs) So far outside my comfort zone. And even as I'm telling you this, I can feel like viscerally how I was backpedaling as he's asking me this. And I came up with a million excuses. I mean, first was money, which was reasonable. I mean, I was a graduate student making nothing, like nothing. So money. Oh, no, no, no. He said, they're going to pay for everything. Like everything, they're going to pay for the flights and this and that. And I'm like, okay, money, that doesn't work. Okay, what else? <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not certified in scuba diving. He's like, oh, no problem. You can get certified before we go. We've got plenty of time. It only takes this long, blah, blah, blah. 
crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> the last one I come up with is time. Oh, time. I don't have time. I'm working on my thesis. I'm doing this. I don't have time. So I, I turned him down. And, yeah, this is not the end, even close to the end of the story. So the little voice in my head said, Rachel, come on. Really? You're going to turn down a free trip to go scuba diving in this exotic locale? And something else I just want to note, when we talk about change or we talk about transformation, a lot of times we focus on that big moment, the epiphany, the aha, right? Mm -hmm. And I like to think about change or transformation as more like tumblers in a combination lock. That Mm -hmm. before that big lock opens, there are these little clicks. There's like a little click here. Maybe something changes. Maybe you have a little win. Maybe there's another little click here. You overcome something you're afraid of. And then there's that last click, and all of a sudden, the lock breaks open. And while that lock breaking open is critical for the transformation, as we're watching these changes in our life or how we want to institute, those little steps we take are critical in moving us forward. Yeah. And I think that voice was responding to some little clicks that had already happened for me. Otherwise, I don't think I would have been able to take this next step. So I called him back. <laughs> I need him choking, choking up. It's like, it's like, I called him back and I wow. said, okay, okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so if this is the movie that is my life, cut to we are on the plane. We're headed to Bonaire. And I'm going through a list with my boyfriend of how this is all going to play out, right? It's like control, control, control. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you are my dive partner. You will not go more than 30 feet down. We will not go more than 30 feet down. You will not go more than 10 feet away from me. Do not leave me. Do not, do not, do not, do not. <laughs> oh, my God. I was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. So first day out, we are standing on the edge of the boat, and I got my big slippery feet hanging, fins hanging over the end, and looking into the water, really questioning my sanity. <laughs> in, in another country. And I, in another country, in a, in, you know, in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Can't, there's no turning back now. I mean, <laughs> here we are. Um, and I'm about to take a giant stride off the side of the boat. And so, and again, for those of you who don't know what that is, a giant stride is an entry in scuba where what you do is you take your big slippery foot and you step off the boat. And as you hit the water, you scissor kick your legs together and it helps kind of propel you up so you're floating. Hmm. And you can kind of control your descent. So I did that. And then I hung there for a little while. And you have to understand, the water in Bonaire is, like, so clear. I can see 300 feet straight down. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just bobbing there. And I felt a little bit like bait. <laughs> like, crap. <laughs> Bobbing. So... I'm so nervous. And one of the things is what you do is you let air out of the vest that you have around you, which is it's called a BCD, it's to control your buoyancy. And you think. But if you're nervous and you hold your breath, your 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 lungs fill up and it makes it it, it actually helps you float, which is not what you want. <laughs> so the more nervous you are, the harder it is to think. Oh my gosh, it was just the perfect storm. So I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think, believe it or not. Struggling, struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling and I'm struggling and I'm struggling. And finally I drop below the surface and I'm struggling down and and the world went quiet. Quiet. Now, my brain has trouble turning itself off. But in that moment, 
all I could hear was my own breathing. And it was so calm and still. And everything around me was just beautiful. And like, just beautiful. Now, up until that point, being back in my kind of misery of, of grad school, I had somehow convinced myself, again, the pretzel that was my brain, that, you know what, maybe I had just gotten to an age where I didn't feel passionate about life anymore. Maybe I just couldn't feel inspired or excited. <laughs> the ripe old age of 28, by the way. <laughs> so sad. But in that moment, I realized I could feel passionate. I could feel inspired. I could feel completely overwhelmed. I just didn't feel that way about what I was doing with my life. And in that moment, something in me broke open. And this joy just poured out. And I was off like a shot. And there was, I was chasing different fish, and I was swimming all over, and I was looking around, and, and there was this little trunk fish that I just thought was so cute, and I followed him down and around and up and over and da 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 and then I just kind of lost him, and I stopped, and I turned around, and I realized I had no idea where my boyfriend was, like none. I lost the entire scuba party, and I looked at my depth gauge, and I was over 100 feet down which in scuba terms is a big no-no. <laughs> oh, my God. And I stopped. Yeah, right? And I stopped. And I was filled with joy. Joy. That experience changed my life. That was my bridge, or as I call it, the end of my beginning. Mm -hmm. And I went home and I quit graduate school. And my life has never been the same since. I have never been the same since. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I tell you what I love about that bridge story, Rachel, is the literal depth of it. I mean, that dive, that thing, that would be, you know, if it's a person, place, or thing, it's kind of a place and a thing, took you deeper than you were, deeper than you should go. You know what I mean? <laughs> it took you there without fear, but with joy instead. So I guess my question be if you could like summarize it or um, mm -hmm. final thoughts around what you learned like what was your big takeaway from that experience on the bridge what would that be what I learned in that moment for myself and what I believe for all of us is that we should never limit ourselves by what we think is possible <laughs> because we don't know what we are really capable of or the life that is waiting for us. And the only way to find out is to take that first step. Take the first step. Oh, yes. my God. Because I'm, I'm the steps person. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I, love, <laughs> I love first steps. I love steps. You know what I mean? Simple step solutions. One foot out in front of the other. Keep walking. All the things. I love first steps. And yeah. I know that you, as a coach, consultant, this awesome person that you are, you can help people take first steps toward a new perspective. I love your analogies. I love your stories. I love your vision for things. And what I know about you is that 
not only do those first steps take them toward a new perspective, but a different outcome, like what's on the other side? What's at the depth of the deep, you know? But I also know, I would say as a person, but also as a coach, that sometimes there's a step before the first step. (laughs) It really (laughs) is the first step. People don't realize that it's a necessary step. And it's those I mean, tumblers, so like the clicks and the tumblers and the lock. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, people sometimes don't understand that the first click is really something other than what they think it is. And they can't yeah. get that lock, that lock open for that reason. So if you look at it that way, like what would be the first step before this first step? What would you suggest that that people do? So from your perspective, from your expertise, Um, from your uh, insight and perspective, I think I said perspective already, but what would you suggest that people do first, first, first? Well, there's things, the first, first, there's some things they can do on their own. And if there's some things that they would like some help with, we can talk about that too. I think one of the first things is, it's very small, but it's coming to terms or or recognizing what is something you're afraid of? Like what is something you're avoiding today? And what Mm -hmm. is one small step? I love, you know, the the Lao Tzu quote of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yeah. What's one thing you can do today or what's one thing you will do today to move just one step closer towards confronting it? doesn't have to be a big leap into the ocean. Right. Just a little step of picking up that phone. And sometimes what I find is, and I've talked to clients about this, is if we look down the road, the big thing that we're really afraid of, it's really kind of far away. But we leverage our strengths and what we'll do in the moment, like picking up that phone for me and calling my boyfriend. Once I committed to doing it, I was going to see it through. Because actually Mm – that whole, you know, there's an integrity piece to me, and, and so my strengths were playing into that. So leveraging my strengths to make that phone call and basically putting myself in a position where I wouldn't back out helped me gain momentum to face the bigger piece down the road. So I would say find one small thing, one small step today that you will take to move you towards whatever it is you know you really want, but you're also afraid of. Well, could you offer uh, some type of of resource that would give people direction in a first step? Yes. Yes. In fact, um, thank thank you for the reminder. Yes, thank you. First step. Awesome. So there is actually, I, I offer a free gift, and it's kind of a process to think through some of these things. I work a lot of times with leaders and other professionals in different capacities. But really, this works for any of us, all of us, in, no matter whether we're talking about, I know our focus today is on career and business and things like that. This is our life. I mean, it's all our life. We like yeah. to separate work and life, but there is no separation. It's us. We are the common denominator. It is our life. So. So I have a free gift, and do I just give – I have a link. Can I just give you the link? On, oh, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. And if great. you could um, say it, spell it, yeah. and say it again, because yeah. people driving or something like that, of course, they can always go back and listen. But, yeah, we just wanted to be super clear. Thank you for bringing the link. What, what would that be? Oh, excellent. So the free gift. And it's a bit.ly link. Love bit.ly because you can actually make links that make sense. <laughs> so right. it's B I. Go yeah. Right. <laughs> it's B I T. Dot L Y. Slash, the word growth. This G R O W T H. Path. P A T H. The number two, and success. So it's. Growth Path to Success. So that's B-I-T, yeah, L-Y, slash growth, G-R-O-W-T-H, path, P-A-T-H, the number two, and then success. 
S-U-C-C-E-S-S. I love it. And just real quick, what is that? What, like, what are they going to see when they go to that link? What is it's an overall document, yeah, that kind of just walks you through in terms of your own willingness to step forward. And it's, it's kind of a, a form that helps you support your own reflection and thought process. So cause one of the things I always go, I always tell tip folks is, even as a coach, I'm not here to tell you the path ahead of you. In fact, Joseph Campbell has a great quote, and I'll probably butcher it, but something about if you can see the path clearly laid out in front of you, you know it's not your path because your path is something that you build step by step along the way. And like I said, that's not exactly how he said it, but that's the gist. So as hey, a coach, it's, it's, yeah, it's not my, it's not, yeah, it's not my job to tell you what to do or to tell you what your path is. My job is to come alongside you and support you as you explore and go into the kind of your own depth. Or as um, I, I, one client I talked to, it's like, you know, kind of the caverns of our mind. And I'm a great co-navigator and head spelunker, essentially. <laughs> um, but so this gift is kind of like that, but without the coach present. But it's a, it's a starting point for you to start exploring more of what's in you, because the answer is inside of you. It's about digging it out, bringing it into the light, and then having the willingness to actually go for it. I love that. So, I mean, it literally is the first step before the first step, you know. <laughs> first sure. step before the first step. You know what I mean? I mean, people can take a first step, but if they do that first, it's almost like the pre-first step, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for making that available. Uh, so the bit.ly link is, uh, is it again? Growth to success? Growth path to Growth success. Path. Yeah, when, and Growth the two is a number, two. Yes, I love that. Yes. So if people just like want to get in touch with you, they want to follow you or, and I know you have a blog, uh, follow you or I check do. you out. Um, your website or anything like that, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Or a couple so there's ways. a couple, yeah, there's a couple ways to do it. My website is really easy. It's just the, T-H-E, practical, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-A-L, sage, the practical sage. Because I'm really about practical wisdom, like finding the wisdom, but then how do you, act, how do you take action and put it into practice in your life? So We couldn't tell. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so Couldn't my website is thepracticalstage.com, and my blog is on the site. Oh, the great. Other, yeah, the other step is if, if you are really, if you're looking for a coach or you think you might be interested, and I think for some folks, they've never been exposed to coaching. They don't even know what the experience is like. If you'd like to have an experience, I do offer a complimentary clarity session, is what I like to call it, getting clear. And if you'd like to set up a complimentary clarity session, I don't have a ton of them on my calendar, but again, there's a link, and it's a bit.ly link, and it's called Growth Path Clarity Session. So you can see Growth Path is consistent. (laughs) Um, That makes it easy. Yeah. So bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash, just the word growth, G-R-O-W-T-H, path, P-A-T-H, clarity, C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, and then session, S-E-S-S-I-O-N. So growth, path, clarity, session. I love it. Oh, okay, people, you have options. <laughs> if you're the kind of step back person and you want to kind of dig in and take that First, first step by yourself, grab Rachel's gift. If you want to check her out on her blog, uh, her wisdoms are amazing, go to her website. And if you want to take a bold first step and actually have a conversation with her, oh my gosh, grab one of her <laughs> clarity sessions and you will never be the same. There you That's- go. Awesome. So if you could just say the the three. So for the gift, just say that link for us real quick. Sure. The gift is growth path to, the number two, 
success, growth path to success. The clarity session is growth path clarity session. And then my website is The Practical Sage. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, a couple of LinkedIn, that kind of thing. But Facebook's fun too because in addition to the blog, what I do is I do some posts throughout the month based on whatever the theme is that the blog post is. So Facebook's a good place to find me. Now, would they look for Rachel Burr, that's B-U-R-R, or would they look for the Practical Sage or both? You can, you can do either. You can do the Practical Sage, which is just my, my website. If you're looking for me as a, an individual on Facebook, it's yeah, actually yeah. Rachel M., as in Maureen Burr. So okay. at the time, obviously, Rachel Burr was already taken. So, But the Practical right. Sage is, is the business piece, but most of the, the pieces are posted on both. So either way, the Practical Sage is easy to remember. I love it. Thank you so much, Rachel. This was so much fun. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, thank I'm a you huge so fan. much for having me. It was great. It was great. Hey, we will do it again. All right. We will do this again. We'll have you back. We'll talk about either more of this stuff or we'll, we'll take you maybe into a different area of lifestyle, but we'll definitely have you back. I would love that. I, 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 I love how, they, well, you know, like I said, undisputed head of the self-entertainment community. So I, I love this. This was so much fun. And I, I, I am more than willing to have fun with you again. Great, 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 great. Well, we'll all look forward to it. Hey, my friends, this is Denny Caruth with Chats from the Bridge signing off for today until the next steps. Thank you.